You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, hello, and welcome to Season 6 of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor for Yankees Magazine. Joining me right now from Yankee Stadium is Nathan Makaborski, our executive editor. Nate, happy opening day. Happy opening day to you, John. It is a wonderful thing to be here. Start of a new baseball season is always very exciting. Uh, I feel like I'm 10 years old again. I mean, this is just... It never gets old. It really doesn't. It's a bit of a bummer that the, with the weather, we're going to have to wait one extra day. But hey, we've waited since last October for this. What's one more day? <laughs> it almost feels like the anticipation, like it's supposed to be this way. You're supposed to get so close and wait a little bit longer. Maybe I'm not supposed to say this. It's kind of the story of this past offseason in some ways. <laughs> but it just feels great. It, it just feels like, I mean, obviously, we won't be watching the Yankees today as we're recording this. But when this goes live, it will be opening day for the Yankees. But I don't know about you. Sure, there's the Masters. Michigan's in the Frozen Four. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty they cool. They are, and it starts today, but it's it's opening day. I cannot wait for, you know, just to watch baseball. It's just, you you wait so long, and that's one of the funny things about this episode we're doing right now, which is, on the one hand, it's one of my most anticipated episodes of the year, and on the other hand, it's kind of the story of opening day. We don't really have anything to say yet, because as we record this, nothing has happened yet, <laughs> but that's just... Kind of the way it is. So, Nate, why don't we take some time today to talk about the publications that are going to be available. God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Today at Yankee Stadium, we have, of course, the April edition of Yankees Magazine, the opening day edition. But we also have the 2022 official New York Yankees yearbook. Which one do you want to start with, Nate? Wow. Um, well, why don't we uh, start with the magazine? Because, you know, it's always a uh, an exciting thing when you bring a new player to the team who's you know, got the type of resume that uh, a Josh Donaldson does. And, uh, you know, he made for a, I, I don't want to say obvious, but a, I guess a natural choice to put on the April cover, I would say. An easy choice. Yeah, yeah. Kind of introducing him to the fan base. Got a really good story that uh, our, our boss, Al Sanasiri, did on him. And uh, really kind of a, a dynamic cover, I would say. Um, you know, Ariel Goldman-Hecht, our team photographer, she, uh, she got a, just a really cool shot of him that, Usually how the cover photo selection goes is uh, our photographers will present a, a few different options. And this one just like screamed off the page. Like I was like, this has to be it. I mean, I, I couldn't wait to see how it looked in actual print. And now that I've got it here in front of me, I'm looking at it and pretty pleased. Yeah, it, it's kind of strange. It's a recording this because it's April 7th. This is going live April 8th opening day. Josh Donaldson has been a New York Yankee for less than a month. And yet there's just something about my looking at this cover that, and this is a stupid comment. You're going to have to forgive me for this, but it just looks like a guy who's been wearing that jersey for a long time. I don't know why. It just fits him in some ways. And, and, and there's a lot of this in the story that Al did because Donaldson's moved around a lot in the last five years. I think this is his fifth team in five years is what Al pointed out, a point that, mind you, Donaldson didn't even realize when uh, Al pointed it out to him. He had to count him on his fingers. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I think that, you know, that, that trade was what, March 13th, I think it, it was, I, I said. 
I think like a lot of people, right when it happened, it was such a blur that you kind of figured, okay, this is part of 17 other moves. Does this make sense? Who are some of these other guys? What's going on here? And then, you know, partly it's just because when guys get on the field, it starts working. Partly it's because spring training, look, I mean, they're playing games, even if they're not real, but there's just something about Josh Donaldson right now that feels very much like a part of this team, even though as we record this, he has not played a game yet. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, the dude's just a baseball player and you know that's like that's one of those like weird kind of uh you know baseball terms it's like well yeah obviously they're all baseball players but no he's a baseball player and he just seems to i don't know baseball players like that they they look good in yankee pinstripes so i'm really intrigued to see what he can do uh especially being surrounded by so many other big bats in the lineup i mean you know i'm just on my drive into the stadium this morning i was thinking about it and like when everybody's, you know, hopefully healthy, you know, and and going well, I mean, this lineup is just going to be brutal on opposing pitchers, and he's going to be, you know, smack dab in the middle of that. So, you know, that's certainly one of the storylines that we'll be following along with this season. Hopefully, it'll be a good one. And so, obviously, opening day, we have Garrett Cole pitching. There are going to be plenty of things in Yankees Magazine over the course of the season about Garrett Cole. We always do that. It's really fun to write about Garrett Cole. But this issue, we actually don't have anything specific on Garrett Cole. But one thing that I think is a terrific thing that we're going to look forward to, and obviously as these stories go online, as we get a little further in here, we're going to talk more in depth about these stories. But I, I, I do think, considering what might be the opening day lineup, thinking about what the month of April is going to look like, I am incredibly interested to see who Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is because we know about his defense. We know, I mean, frankly, he would have led the Yankees in hits last year if he was on the team. I mean, people, you know, you talk about him as defense first, but yeah, he, he showed that he can hit the ball. Uh, but Nate, you know, you, you, you got him on the phone and <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty clear that dude likes being a Yankee. That dude has been looking forward to this moment for a while and again, it, it, I, I know I'm talking in circles in a sense here, but March 13th, it was all, all of us were just like, okay, what's the next move? What's the next move? And then you look at it and you, and you ask yourself the simple question, did the Yankees get better in that trade? And I think the answer is yes. And I, I don't think it was fully clear when it happened because you just assumed it was part A of a part A, B, C, D, E, F, G offseason. And it really ended up being kind of a, a part A and B. Um but Kiner Falefa, there's reason for optimism there, and and certainly there's reason to be excited about a guy who is that excited about being a Yankee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you love to hear it when a guy, you know, I I didn't know a whole lot about him. I remember, you know, watching him with Texas and, and being impressed with his glove work, and um, you know, I had noticed that he had a ton of hits last year, but you know, I didn't really know too much about his background and stuff. And then when I had a chance to talk to him a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I just came away from that conversation like super excited to watch this guy in pinstripes. He's just got, a, I, I think, the right attitude for New York uh, when it comes to playing baseball and the way he plays. He's the type of guy who's just going to be 100% all-out effort all the time, pushing the envelope, putting pressure on the opponents. And then he's got this cool little backstory where, despite growing up 5,000 miles away in Hawaii, he became a Yankee fan. Uh, he traveled to, to Cooperstown as a kid and uh, spent like a week in the city and went to a bunch of Yankee games and was, you know, sitting out in the bleachers doing the roll call at the old stadium as an 11 year old kid. Saw Mariano's 400th save in person and just became a Yankee fan after that. 
now here he is putting on the pinstripes. You know, he just turned 27 years old, and he's going to be the opening day shortstop for the New York Yankees. I mean, doesn't get much cooler than that in terms of stories, you know? It's weird because obviously, again, we're recording this on Thursday. Opening day is Friday. But driving to the stadium, the energy is there of baseball season. It doesn't look like baseball season outside. I can assure you that it is uh, pretty grim outside. And I think fans are probably happy that they're not going to be dodging raindrops uh, in the concourses of Yankee Stadium while also trying to remain six feet apart from their neighbors (laughs) and other such things. But it it just, I, I think I say this every year. My two favorite sports, I think, are baseball and college football. And one thing I love about each is that when that season starts, you have the promise of the next four to six months in front of you. So college football season starts Labor Day weekend usually or the weekend before that, and it's beautiful. But you know it's not going to be long before you're watching these games in the absolute dead of winter. And similarly, we're going to be watching Yankees baseball tomorrow, and it is not going to be an awesome day. It's not going to be as bad as it is today, but it's not going to be an awesome day. But you know a month, two months from now, whatever, it is going to be the absolute heart of summer i can get older you you know you think sports are going to mean less to you you think they're going to become less important in some ways obviously i've made my profession of sports so so whatever but i can promise you i still absolutely pass time by the combination of baseball seasons and college football seasons there's no doubt you know there's you always hear people you know baseball players talk about the grind of the season well this is where that grind begins is is battling through these you know 35 degree uh windy april days up here in the bronx and you got to get through it, and you, you got to still go out there and perform. And the reward is uh, when it starts to get nice in about another month or so, and you get some of those, you know, just gorgeous, picture perfect nights here where the, the sun's setting and the lights are going on here at Yankee Stadium. I mean, uh, gosh, I, I can't wait. And, yeah. Uh, and, and it's like literally, you're sitting here right now. I'm, I'm literally right now considering what I'm going to wear tomorrow to deal with what are not going to be amazing temperatures. And I know two months from now, I will absolutely, whether on this podcast or to my wife or just on Twitter, be complaining about how much I'm sweating at a Yankees game. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just, this is like the hourglass of our lives. Yeah. It just, it moves along like this. And we're just sitting there watching. <laughs> <laughs> so that pretty much does it for, for our April issue. Obviously, like I said, we, are, we have many more stories than that. We have a beautiful photo essay from spring training and we have a piece about ken singleton who just retired but it's a great story about his life and career we have a wonderful story about the yankees new third base coach luis rojas who comes from baseball royalty i absolutely can't wait for people to get to read that one i had really one of the finer opportunities of my life i felt to get to know uh, austin wells a top yankees prospect who i hope uh, people will enjoy that piece Uh, everything from this we're going to talk about more but just Let's move really quickly, if we could, to the yearbook. The yearbook is also on sale at Yankee Stadium starting on opening day. It'll be available all season. It is always a very special publication. I I think in some ways, to me, in my... God, this is my ninth season here. And in some ways, and this is strange, and I I think we're going to be feeling this a lot about different things this year. This yearbook feels like one of the most special ones that I've been a part of. Maybe the most special one I've been a part of. And, and, And the reason is just because there is going to be a packed house on opening day. And we haven't been able to say that since 2019. And it's a really weird thing. Of course, the Yankees sell opening day. Of course, technically, the Yankees sold out opening day last year. It was just with limited capacity. But you want that feeling of opening day. You want that feeling of a packed crush of people. And 
to me, one of the things that just typifies that is the new yearbook going on sale. It's really special that we have it. The cover this year, it's just astonishing. It's, it's beautiful. It, it's a great night shot of Yankee Stadium. It's stylized around some of the team's theme art for this year. It's really exciting. And one of the best parts about it is that inside this yearbook, we have a celebration of the history of New York Yankees yearbooks. Yeah, and it really it, it came out. Uh, I was really pleased with it. But you know, before we even get into the stories, I gotta say, like, I'm just so proud of uh, you know our whole department and all the people who are involved in the making of these publications because this off season it was a challenge. We knew heading into last off season that there was probably going to be a lockout and that during that time we weren't really going to be able to speak to any of the players. So we had to plan accordingly, and uh, we did a lot of work during that time, but not being able to to talk to the players and then not knowing when the lockout was going to end and then it ending and it just being all of a sudden going from like zero to 100 miles an hour in a second, it was really, really challenging. I, I actually want to back up. I, I want to give a real audit, if you will, uh, of how this works. I think one of the great things we can do in this podcast is talk a little bit about behind the scenes. So... This probably isn't a shock. Most magazines we do on a one-month schedule where right when we finish the May issue, we're going to start right away working on the June issue. So you figure, obviously, it's about a one-month turnaround. When we do the April issue, we do it at the same exact time as the yearbook. And like I said, I don't want to suggest that we did nothing leading into the logout. But the lockout ends March 10th, which is the day that we hit print on the spring edition, and then we are not the story here in a lot of ways, but for the talk about the three and a half week spring training that the players had to do in rapid fire, we really had to then go from spring to April and yearbook instead of doing it over really the course of the off season or even doing one magazine in the course of the month. These two are produced in essentially three weeks. And the goal, much like an umpire, is that you don't notice uh, some of the <laughs> difficulties right. we had. I hope that there's not a single mistake in there. I hope that there it, it's all perfect in every way. But I, I'm really glad you brought it up, Nate, because it is pretty special to know that on opening day this year, we have the two publications we wanted to have out because this, I will say again, I've mentioned this is my ninth season. This was the hardest three-week period I've spent at the New York Yankees. Yeah, and that ultimate goal is always the same it's on opening day when yankees fans pour into the bronx we want there to be a brand new yearbook on sale and we want there to be an april issue of yankees magazine the you know the official program for that day's game we've never missed that goal i hope we never do and so yeah this year i was i mean you know this day when i come in and we have these new publications both of them for the you know i'm looking at them for the first time having them actually in my hands uh it's always a special feeling and, uh, you know, I think the, the story in there that you alluded to, John, about, you know, it, it's really it's it's kind of just a, a picture, you know, a photo essay sort of of the history of the Yankees yearbook. And, you know, I wrote a little intro for it talking about how it's one of those things that just helps connect us to the team itself, but also past generations of Yankees fans. You know, I've heard so many stories from whether it's avid collectors or just fans who, you know, picked up a couple yearbooks along the way, maybe when they were kids and held on to them or whatever, looking at a cover from, you know, say you went to your first game in 1976 and you have the yearbook from that game. When you see that cover today, it immediately just brings back all these feelings. You know, the goal was really to just show 
all the covers beginning in 1950 with the first one up until today and just you know kind of uh resurrect some of those feelings you know i think people are gonna pick up this year's yearbook and flip through those pages and be like oh man i remember that cover or you know i remember that year and uh you know hopefully this yearbook this 2022 edition will uh you know spark the same feelings in in young fans years from now down the road but but the thing is like i remember the yearbooks i bought as a kid i remember all these things and you know, it's special to me not just to see the representations of these, but also to see how things changed and how kind of design changed and how the idea of it. Some of them are epic and grand, and you know, some obviously 2010 is just the trophy, yeah. uh, and it's it's so simple. And other times, you know, you get a little creative, you get a little wonky, you get a little funny. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, you spell love, L-U-V, for some reason. <laughs> right. And it's just fun to watch some of the, the way that things change. When, uh, in my time at MLB, we would always look back at all of the World Series programs. Mm-hmm. And it was always fun. Not Again, not just to look at, you know, who the matchup was in, say, 1914, but to look at, you know, the, the World Series programs during, say, the, the space race and yeah. seeing things like that. And, and, and you see the passage of time through that. You see the way the world is. Some years, it's all about little cutesy drawings. And other years, again, it's it's about 2001, the American flag and, and, and the player standing with his hand on his heart. And, and there's stories. Obviously, you know how hard we work on these covers. You know how hard, how much thought goes into it, how much back and forth, how much arguing <laughs> goes into it. And the reason is because you want someone to look back on it 10, 20, 50 years later and appreciate it and have it tell a story somehow, even though it's one piece of paper, in a sense, you want it to tell a story. I think this one does tell a story. I think that it's a beautiful thing to look at. And I'm just really happy, like you said, that fans are going to come through these turnstiles. And one of the first things they're going to see is a guy trying to sell them a yearbook. And I hope that you will all uh, hand over that cash and get yourself the (laughs) official 2022 New York Yankees yearbook. Yeah, there's there's a ton of good stuff in there. I always say this about our publications. I I think it's some of the best money you could spend at Yankee Stadium. You know, you could absolutely have a delicious hot dog or an ice cold beverage and uh, enjoy that in the moment. But this is something that's going to last a whole lot longer. And uh, like I said, I mean, the the yearbook kind of, you know, it, it connects you. It's more than just a souvenir. You know, I, I think there's a, a lot kind of more meaning to it than that. And uh, I'm proud to be able to, to keep that tradition going. So let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about the specifics of the yearbook and just give a couple more thoughts on opening day. So stick with us. Hi, this is Aaron Boone. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine podcast. Hi, this is Garrett Cole. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. Welcome back to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. I hope uh, many of you are listening to this in your car or on the subway or doing whatever, walking to Yankee Stadium for opening day. And I hope that when you get to the stadium, you will pick up a copy of the 2022 New York Yankees official yearbook. Nate, I alluded to this earlier, in addition to the really, really cool photo essay that you set in motion about the covers of the yearbook. I think this has one of the most fun packages we've done in my time here, which is you looked at all 50 states of these this great nation of ours, and you found either the best player to come from there or, in certain cases, something else. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, with the lockout happening and not being able to talk to the current players, we had to get a little creative. So I thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun to just sort of look through, you know, it's kind of melding together my my 10-year-old loves of baseball and geography. Um, you know, look at every state and kind of pick out like a notable Yankee from each one. And some of them are obvious and take about two seconds of thought. I mean, there's really... <laughs> I can't believe you settled on Babe Ruth for Maryland. <laughs> And then there's others where it's like there really hasn't been any Yankees to come from like Wyoming. So uh, you had to get a little creative there. But yeah, I mean, that one was took a lot of hours of research and stuff, but um, and, and tracking down photos. And but uh, I love the way that uh, the guys over at Grandstand Design uh, laid it out. I think it looks awesome. And uh, shout out to Mark and Andrew. I'm really happy with the way it came out. I'm sure it'll spark a lot of debates and conversations among uh you know people who are like oh how could you choose you know this guy over that guy but um you know that's what it's for that's what it's there for hopefully to spark those conversations and and uh just be sort of a, a fun read and one of the things i love most about it is obviously you know we joked about you know babe ruth is obviously maryland and things like that and there are some that are a little bit more difficult in some ways some not not they're not obvious or, or appropriate but and this is one of the great things about the New York Yankees yearbook as opposed to some other teams is you can have a feature where you're putting on the exact same pedestal, Lou Gehrig and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, because <laughs> we are kind of assuming at this point that although he had not played a game yet when this was written, that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has a very good chance of being the best Yankee from Hawaii. And obviously Lou Gehrig, no one doubts that he's the best Yankee from New York. And so you have so much history and it's not just the length of time. It's also the banner headline, bold type names from Yankees history and from MLB history. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is part of that story too. And that's one of the things that I love about getting to write and produce content about this team. Absolutely. I mean, it's always like an, an honor to be able to like dig into this team's history. And, you know, there's going to be some names in there that people are probably unfamiliar with. South Dakota, if anybody can listening can tell me who they think the South Dakota entry is for most notable Yankee, I will, I will congratulate you wholeheartedly because it's a pretty obscure one. <laughs> Nate, I read that story when you wrote it. I fact checked it. I edited it several times. I don't remember who the player was. <laughs> is it Del Paddock? Am I yes, it Look is. At me go. Look at me go. Yep. Can I tell you any one thing about Del Paddock? <laughs> I cannot. Well, I, there's there's some nuggets in there on him. He played for the uh, Yankees team with the lowest winning percentage in franchise history. So there you go. There it is. But yeah, I mean, to, to your point, I mean, if I tried to write this story for any other team in baseball, I don't think you could do it because... I mean, having to dig really deep for a few of those states, that's with the Yankees. So, I mean, if you try to do this for literally any other team, I don't think you could do it. But, you know, with the Yankees, there's so many great ones. And, you know, part of it, too, is like I, I know it's a business and guys don't always have a, a ton of say in where they play. But like so many baseball players throughout history have grown up dreaming of wearing the pinstripes, even if it's, you know, they get a day. Um, so, you know, it, it's been an attractive spot for a long, long time. And uh, as a result of that, we've had some, uh, you know, some pretty memorable guys come through from all over the country. It's a terrific feature. It's it's just beautifully designed. It's part of a really, really beautiful publication that for so many reasons that we've discussed, I'm proud of. I'm always proud of the yearbook. I think it's always a, a really wonderful publication. I think that, take my words for what you want, you know who I am, you know who I work for, but I think the Yankees do it better than any other team. I knew that before I started working for this team, and you know now that I've been a part of nine 
New York Yankees yearbooks. I am even more confident when I say that it's a it's a special publication every year. This is a really great one, and I hope that everyone will will pick it up. You can get it obviously at Yankee Stadium. You can get it by calling eight hundred Go Yanks. You can get it at yankees.com slash publications. But this this is one you're going to want to get. Nate, as we uh, kind of wrap up our season premiere for the sixth season of the Yankees Magazine podcast, 2022 baseball season about to get started. I, I guess my, my question for you, Jess, is what is your favorite opening day memory? Ooh, favorite opening day memory. Hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the one that immediately jumps to mind is uh, 2010 when the Yankees got their rings and uh, Hideki Matsui was then a member of the Angels. He had, you know, gone over to, to LA during the offseason and uh, you know, he, so he's here in a different uniform and the guys on the Yankees go over to him and present him with his 2009 World Series ring. And <laughs> apparently they had like taken a giveaway replica ring and like scuffed it all up and put it in the box <laughs> when he opened it up. And he's like, Ugh. <laughs> that was one of those that'll always stick with me, obviously, because we're coming off a championship and hopefully we'll, we'll have another opening day like that here soon. That's pretty great. I was not here yet for that, but that. You can't you can't beat something like that. It, I, I certainly remember for myself 2009 when both the Mets and Yankees in the course of a week opened their new stadiums, and I was lucky enough to be at, at both of them. I will say that neither the Mets nor the Yankees particularly enjoyed the first game here. The Yankees enjoyed the last game here more than the Mets enjoyed the last game of 2009 <laughs> at City Field. But uh, it, that that was really special. I, I think for me. And, and, and I'm sure this is recency bias in some ways. It's it's always going to be hard to beat last year, um, even though it was only like what ten or twelve thousand people in the stadium. I was not prepared for how emotional it was to hear actual fans cheering. We thought at the time that we were really done with the pandemic, and it turned out it had a couple more uh, jokes uh, to send our way. And you know, obviously, as we do this now, although it's going to be full capacity and there are things that we're doing, like getting into the clubhouse and in a couple of minutes, we're going to go to real life press conferences and things like that. It, it, it is a little different in that regard that uh, from how it was last year. But last year was just so special. Uh, and I remember trying to figure out what to write about and how to synthesize it for the May magazine. And the thing I always remember is PA announcer Paul Alden, you know, as usual. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Yankee Stadium. And last year was welcome back to Yankee Stadium. And that, and that was something that really hit me pretty hard. And again, I'll say also, and I think this kind of connects a little bit to what you were just saying. 2014 was my first opening day as a member of the organization. And it's weird because I've been a baseball fan all my life. I think I've been clear about this growing up. I was not a Yankees fan. So, I mean, it's not like my dream was to work for the Yankees and be there for opening day. But having worked in baseball for so long, there was just something different about that 2014 opening day for me because this was the team that I worked for all of a sudden. And suddenly it wasn't just being an employee of Major League Baseball or a baseball fan thrilling at the idea of baseball season starting. This was my team in a sense. And that was not something that I expected to hit me the way it did in 2014. That was also obviously lucky. It was Derek Cheater's last opening day. We knew it was going to be a special season because of that. But Man, that one that one hit me pretty hard too. Yeah, it's it's 
super cool to be part of a team. And I know the team on the field is the team that everybody is concerned with and the, you know, the team that matters most, but the team behind the scenes, you know, we're all kind of pulling in the same direction together and trying to be the best in the league at what we do. And it's really fun to be a part of something like that. So we spent a moment here looking back on opening day memories. How about looking ahead a little bit, John, what, you know, 2022 Yankees storyline are you kind of most intrigued to, to see unfurl here? Luis Severino, not even a question. Mm. I love Luis Severino. I think that he is really just a very interesting, good person who I've had amazing conversations with. And I can't even imagine how it's going to be like to, you know, see him potentially be the starter that he was uh, years ago because, look, there are question marks with this Yankees team right now. It's, a, it's an incredibly good team in the incredibly good and scary division so no matter how good you are you're still dealing with the Rays you're still still dealing with the Blue Jays you're still dealing with the Red Sox so you can build your team perfectly but you're going to need a lot of luck and I think one thing that the Yankees need to have go their way is for Luis Severino to be the pitcher who he can be and he looks good in spring but we have no idea how it's going to be and that's just the way it is that's life but that is absolutely the thing for me that when I look to how to try to make a prediction about the 2022 season, that's kind of like what the fulcrum is in a sense, is Luis Severino. Yeah, I, I'm with you. He's such a interesting guy, and it's always enjoyable talking to him and writing about him, and it's, it's impossible not to root for a guy like that. So hopefully, you know, health-wise, things go well this season, and he, and he returns to that form he showed in, what was it, 2017, 2018, when he was just dominant. You know, for me... I, I'm really interested to see, you know, again, along the lines of guys you just can't help but root for. Kyle Higashioka is now our number one catcher. He's a guy who's been in the organization longer than anybody else on the team. He's certainly paid his dues, probably <laughs> doubly so. I mean, had, you know, spent so much time in the minors before getting to be a backup here. And now with uh, Gary Sanchez being traded over to Minnesota. He assumes that number one spot, and I just feel like he's the type of guy who, you know, sometimes it's like when you have spent so much time working your way up, you wonder if you're ever going to get that shot, and then it's like somebody says, okay, we're, we're giving you that big promotion, and it's like you want to show that you deserve it, and you want to show that they made the right choice, and uh, I'm pulling for him to do just that, and I think he's going to. And the thing with Higashioka is, we're both football fans, as we've said. You know, there's no more popular person on a football field than the backup quarterback. Obviously, everyone always assumes that if the team is struggling at all, the guy holding the clipboard is the answer. <laughs> so, look, the, the reality is, and I'm not knocking Higashioka when I say this, but part of what made him a fan favorite in a lot of ways was some fans' frustration with Gary Sanchez. It, it was not so much what Higashioka did on the field during a Major League Baseball regular season, because while he did have some incredible highlights, if you look at his numbers last year, that's not what Yankees fans are signing up for right now. They're signing up for the idea of the Kyle Higashioka that they want in there. But as he showed this spring, and as he has shown glimpses of, that's in there, and the, and the team believes in it. And he's, like you said, just such an easy guy to root for. But it is a different animal now when you are the starter and when your mistakes aren't like, well, he's a backup, or when the other guy's mistakes don't mean well, look, let's see what Higashioka can do because now there's someone behind Higashioka who, if he's not carrying his weight, you can see fortunes change pretty quickly uh, in terms of fan perception. So I think that is a fascinating thing to watch. I think there's every reason to be excited about Higashioka this year. And he's certainly, again, to keep repeating, a guy you can root for pretty easily, I think. But 
you know, you do lose that little fan favorite quality when suddenly you're the guy. Yeah, the pressure's on, but I think he's going to rise to the challenge. That's just me. There's a lot of great stories on this team, though. You, you, so much of the Yankee success in recent years, obviously, look, the offense is insane. But if you look at the last year, the offense actually wasn't the reason that the Yankees uh, were able to make the playoffs. It was really the pitching staff, particularly the bullpen and the bullpen that the Yankees assemble. It always works through just moving in as many pieces as possible and deploying them all perfectly. And you figure that that's a pretty precarious balance, but the Yankees have a great track record with it. So you, you give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm writing about this for the May issue, but I know for me, Lucas Litke is a story to watch all year, just in terms of how fascinating he was in 2021. And look, relievers are volatile and they change a lot. And it's the hardest position on the field to predict success based on previous year's success. So Frankly, it could be that whether it's September or it could be, frankly, even by May that we're discussing, well, that Lickey story was pretty great in 2021, but there's no reason to see that being the case. And whatever happens this year, there is nothing that can change the amazing human interest, sweet and emotional and inspiring story that he was able to put together last year. And I think what makes it particularly relevant right now is, look, I mentioned Luis Severino, but another guy to pay attention who's going to be in starting season screen Scranton Wilkes-Barre is... Manny Benuelos. He's been away for a long time, and he, he was pitching in Taiwan. He was pitching in Mexico, but he hasn't been on a major league field in a long, long, long time. But one thing that I spoke to about him about, and I spoke to Lucas about, is you know Lucas Lucky was kind of in his situation last year, and so I think as we've seen every year, the Yankees I think used thirty pitchers last year. It takes a lot of guys, and there are not thirty pitchers on the Yankees roster right now who uh, you can point to and say, these are all the guys. So obviously it's going to be guys coming from Scranton. and it's going to be guys coming from Somerset. And if Banuelos can be the pitcher that frankly, he looked like in spring training when it was really impressive, then that's another real feel good story to pay attention to for this year. Yeah. And that's what we're always, you know, most uh, interested in is, is telling great stories. You know, it was 30 pitchers last year. It's, that's 30 stories. You know, you can do a deep dive with any guy and, and you know, there's something there that's worth noting. And, and that's what makes our job fun. And that's what hopefully keeps uh, Yankees magazine readers coming back for more, you know, is, is the stories about the team. Well, Nate, I know what I'm going to be doing for the next six plus months. I know what you're going to be doing for the next six plus months. It is amazing to say that it is opening day. It is the 2022 baseball season and man, it all begins. I'm a uh, Thrilled to watch with you, thrilled to be putting together these magazines with you, and thrilled to be talking to all our fans about this stuff. Let's do it. I'm excited. Thank you to everybody who uh, has read Yankees Magazine, whether online or you're a subscriber or you, you pick it up at the stadium. We really appreciate it, and uh, we're going to do our best to, to keep bringing you all these great stories about your favorite team. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Yankees Magazine podcast. We are so excited to be starting our sixth season of this show and can't wait to show you all that we have planned in the coming year. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? We're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcast. Leave us a review, leave us a rating. You can even send us your thoughts over email, podcast at yankees.com. We've launched a Facebook page recently. We have a Twitter page. You should follow us to stay up to date on everything we're doing. Facebook, it's Yankees Magazine. Twitter, at Yanks Magazine. Stay up to date on all that we have coming your way this year. For our Yankees Magazine subscribers, you should have received your spring issue. Obviously, the April issue is in the mail right now. We can't wait till you get it. But if you are not already a subscriber, there's no better time than right now. Call 800 for for details or visit yankees.com slash publications. 
And lastly, if you want to read our long-form content online, including some of the stories that we talked about today, as well as links from our archives and stuff coming all year, go to yankees.com slash magazine. That's it. See you next time. Happy opening day, and go Yankees. Hey, this is Giancarlo Stan. If you like what you're hearing, why don't you rate and review us? And while you're at it, tell your friends to subscribe. Thanks so much, and go Yankees.